0: My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening. No, I screwed up. I'm going to back up just a little bit, listeners. Hello, you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for mid-October. It's getting to be Halloween almost. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Clive Barker's Undying.
1: My name is Rob, and my game of the week is definitely not Diablo Three.
0: Oh, uh, your game of the week is not every single action RPG <laughs> ever.
1: You have that right. I, I try them. I try to like them. I don't know why I keep trying, but...
0: <laughs> one of these days, Rob, we're going to fix you. There's something broken inside of you, and I'm convinced it's just some wiring that's crossed. Just a little, like a, a psychological, maybe a brainwashing adjustment, and we're going to turn you into a Diablo three addict like everyone else in the world. You're like some <laughs> weird... It's like you've got this immunity. It's like there's a virus that's infected all of humanity, and you're the one secret In that you're immune to it you've got some weird thing in your blood
1: (laughs) oh do you know what what transcended that though is Victor Vran but um
0: well why well then why can't you like the oh Rob I don't know what to do with you (laughs) Uh, real quick I should point out because I keep forgetting to do this um when we're recording with with folks from the community they may not know that you're not just Rob on the forum you are Rob co4 so just for me to make that clear just so folks who are talking to you on the forum know, oh, that's the Rob that was on the podcast. Now, when I see your name, by the way, and this is something – you said your wife is a chemistry teacher. She might appreciate this. When I see your name, uh, I think, oh, it's uh, Rob Carbon Quad Oxide. <laughs> I like CO4. I don't, it's just, that's just – that's – you know, that's that's chemistry, chemistry humor. I don't even know if that works.
1: I'm, I'm twice as bad for the atmosphere as carbon dioxide. So.
0: Oh, your joke was way better, Rob. Nice. <laughs> 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 now, I was playing for the opening uh, scary science fiction music because <clears throat> it is like Halloween and things are scary. Rob, carbon quadoxide. What is a movie that freaked you out as a kid? Like now that we're in Halloween – time what's something that really did a job on you as a kid that you maybe oh, saw a little oh, too young that you had nightmares about
1: oh man um i i remember the some of the earliest movies horror movies i watched was like friday the 13th okay um i'm not sure how freaked out i got about it uh when i was older i mean i was probably more freaked out about uh, the omen
0: <laughs> ah right the, now the original one because you know there have been like there's at least one terrible remake of it. Um uh, but the original one where the the baboons in the park go crazy and the priest gets skewered by the stick like that one? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the one.
0: And did you ever uh have like like was it the sort of thing where like days after you were scared by it? Like what what Actually what is what freaks you out about the omen? Cuz it's just a creepy kid, right?
1: Yeah, and that's what makes it creepy. Um you know, I don't mind gore and people getting chopped up and Stuff like that. Yeah, uh, good old-fashioned slasher say.
0: fun, right. That, that stuff yeah. is goofy in slasher movies, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't scare me, but I don't know. Something about <laughs> that creepy kid. <laughs> um, I remember having a dream, and I don't even remember if it's related to this or not, but uh, I remember I was riding my bike down my, through my neighborhood, and all of a sudden the sky turned red, and this fiery cr- upside-down cross burned, burst into flames in the sky. Uh-huh. And I woke up, and I was freaked out.
0: <laughs> well, that is, I guess, the thing about the omen is it's not just the creepy kid, but it's the supernatural forces behind him. Uh, yeah. Because I remember the scene where the, the, the priest, like, he he lets the secret out to Gregory – not Gregory Peck. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it is Gregory Peck. Wait, is it? Who's the yeah, main uh- guy? I think – I yeah. don't know my old-timey actors very well. I think it's Gregory. But, but anyway, the priest uh, lets – he spills the beans, and then suddenly it gets cloudy and windy, and there's a storm that pops up because it's like the devil taking control of the weather to kill him. So it's not just that the kid is creepy. It's that you know his, his demonic father can manipulate weather and cause all kinds of supernatural – oh, and can control like killer dogs and baboons, uh, and he's got cultists around the world – um so yeah that's that's a scary one do you do you are you into horror movies at all
1: no uh when i was younger i you know i used to like you know i like the friday 13th ones and then it actually uh i thought they got started getting better with like nightmare and elm street had a bit more of a plot to it and Mm -hmm. um but yeah i kind of fell out of favor my wife has a like bad nightmares if she watches anything scary so i think we just stopped watching them
0: see but that's the, like does she a, a good friend of mine his girlfriend gets terrified during horror movies so i always want her to come with us when we go to horror movies but it, i feel like it's a little sadistic on my part but what it is really is they just work so well with her like they're having the intended effect with her <laughs> and i kind of like that i'm like this is yeah you're freaked out you're supposed to be that's what the movie's trying to do and it's working and you should be happy about that but she does not like uh <laughs> she it's, it's a it's a difficult thing to actually get her to the movies i imagine your wife is the same way now you rob oh here you have a nine-year-old boy yep that's When right. when can he start watching horror movies
1: oh man he <laughs> I think he's gonna be like thirty because uh <laughs> we we tried to watch uh what was it something it wasn't even very scary um e t <laughs> We watched E.T., and when they showed the alien, he wanted nothing to do with it.
0: <laughs> well, E.T. starts out, and this is kind of hard to remember because we all are, are so like warm and gooey about that weird little alien. E.T. starts out kind of eerie because you don't know what's going on, and it's the foggy woods, and uh, Henry Thomas is scared. So, uh, yeah, I can understand when you're a kid. If you don't know, oh, good lord, he's going to get resurrected, and he's so adorable, and Drew Barrymore is going to drag him around in a wig – uh, yeah, before you know how cute he is, it's kind of scary. You don't know what's going on in ET.
1: Yeah, he he just gave up like I think uh when he yelled when the boy and ET saw each other and yelled oh, right, and they right. both ran. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he 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 decided he was done.
0: <laughs> so your son has not seen ET yet, is that true?
1: That is true.
0: Interesting. Now, uh he must be into Halloween though, right? Like is this kids love Halloween? Does, does he have a costume picked out and all that stuff?
1: uh i don't think he picked it out this year sometimes my, my wife makes them and sometimes uh we buy them um you know he's been things like uh di- he was a dinosaur he's been animals uh,
0: and do you guys go you know, treating? like is that still a thing up there in ruralish wisconsin where you live
1: <laughs> yeah we do uh he likes doing that um we we only usually spend like an hour hour and a half and then he starts getting tired of it. But uh, it's funny because when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would get home from school and then boom, I'd be out. I lived on Long Island, so you know it was just like wall to wall houses for miles. Mm-hmm. So you could, I mean, I got bags of candy and, like that would last until Easter. But uh, when know, I my-
0: when I think of Long Island, I think of, of uh, the Great Gatsby. Is that what everyone's house is like on Long Island?
1: You know, um, I'm going to show my illiteracy. I don't even know what you're talking.
0: Oh, about. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Great Gatsby is an F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, novel about basically the the rich hobnobbing on Long Island. Uh, so, I just have this image of Long Island as all of these mansions and fancy cars. Uh, I, I I doubt it's that. They're probably they're probably middle class people allowed to live on Long Island, correct?
1: Yeah, they tried to keep us the middle to the the western side, okay. and the rich people <laughs> like to stay on the eastern side, where it's less populated. Okay, right, right.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, uh, here in Los Angeles, like, I think trick-or-treating is weird for people, because like, you move around to different neighborhoods, and I don't remember that, I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, I don't remember ever, like, having to drive across town for the best candy or anything, you just... You know where where you live is where you trigger treat, but in cities, I don't think it's like that a lot of times. Uh, like people go to and you could could you just when you trigger treat, are you just going to walk out your front door and then turn right or left and just start hitting up the neighborhood?
1: Um, we'll do our our street. We live on a circle. Um, there's only like 16 houses near us, but then we do have to kind of drive into town where there's kind of more houses packed together. Because um, otherwise, would be like on a a county road, right. you know that's. Has traffic and not that many houses, so yeah, we we have to go into town to really hit up the houses. Could
0: you take your son and this is the same part of me, Rob, that wants my friend's girlfriend to come with us to horror movies, could you take your son to one of those like neighborhood haunted houses where actors put on masks and they hide in the dark and they jump out and scare you? Could you do that with him? <laughs>
1: I think he would hate me, but yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to stop off at this house. They have really yeah. good treats here. Here, yeah. you go ahead. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> Rob, this would make him a stronger man. Uh, uh, I was, I was a big, <laughs> a big brother for a while too. Actually, he was ten years old, and I remember once uh, at Halloween, not one of the we we went to a haunted house thing. I I asked his mom, I was like, well, you know, can Damon go to a haunted house? Are you okay with that? And she's like, yeah, that would be fun, and he he was into it. So we're driving in the haunted house and at one point on the way he said something like um, is this going to be really scary but he asked it like in a in a in a very hesitant way uh and i i think i overplayed my hand because i i was like oh yeah cuz sometimes kids go missing and you know stick close <laughs> to me because it happens every year that uh sometimes people go in there and and they don't know what happens to kids and they never see them again so just sure. make sure you're close to me and you should be okay and he, he genuinely was like, okay, I don't want to go. And he wanted to turn around. And I felt I way overdid it. So I had to sort of talk him down and and even think about, okay, just, should we just turn around and do something else? But once we got there, he was super excited and really into it. But I just remember that feeling of dread, like, oh, my God, I pushed too hard. And now he's too scared rather than excited. Uh, oh, Yeah. So so if you ever are gonna take your son to a haunted house, Rob, don't pretend that kids go missing at haunted houses. That's just my, <laughs> my, my tip for you.
1: Uh, that's a pretty good rule to follow, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh so uh I wanna talk about uh you you live in it's not rural Wisconsin, but small townish Wisconsin. Uh you worked for a while in uh you said was it software engineering you said, development?
1: I, yeah, yeah, I did that for like 12 years or so. So
0: basically professional computer dork programmer type guy, right?
1: Yeah. So
0: you went from that to being a stay-at-home dad. Uh, your, your son was born. Your wife had maternity leave. We talk, you mentioned that. Uh, and then she went back to her job uh, as a chemistry teacher. Uh, and then you were like, okay, I'm going to be the stay-at-home dad. What was that transition like? from going to having like a regular 9 to 5 job i presume to just getting to sleep in and hang around in your pajamas and do nothing while your kid played on the floor and you just watch tv all day
1: <laughs> um you know i was i was ready cuz i don't know i kind of like parts of software development i like the the problem solving puzzle part and but uh i don't i hated the schedules i hated when they expected you to put your life on hold oh like overtime somebody...
0: because they're in crunch mode like that kind of thing
1: yeah yeah i mean right. i'm sure i didn't have it as bad as you know the game development industry but uh there were times when uh they yeah they wanted you to stay late to get things done and i just hated doing that when it was because you know somebody over something or something that was out of my control now there's sometimes when i was having trouble with something i'd stay out oh, on my own, you know, because I just felt like, you know, I needed to get it done, but I hated when people, you know, would tell me that, you know, I needed to, to, to stay late because somebody else like screwed up the scheduling.
0: Do you get like <laughs> technically, I know in game development, it's weird and there's all kinds of abuses, but like, do you get the equivalent of overtime when that happens? Like, are you, are you monetarily compensated for the extra time or it's just part of your salary? Is it
1: sometimes? I was, yeah, yeah, I was salaried. So, okay. yeah. It didn't benefit me in any way right. <laughs> other than making me mad.
0: <laughs> so, uh, when you had the option to quit that and be a stay at home dad and live a life of luxury, you naturally chose that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I-, I liked it. I mean, yeah, it wasn't always exciting. And uh, I definitely have felt my brain power decrease like over the past seven, no, not actually nine years. Um, you know I I just I can't like focus on solving problems as much as I used to and I more easily like lose my train of thought so I think my brain has definitely deteriorated somewhat but
0: <laughs> it's like the brain is a muscle isn't it like I I know uh, and this is- not the same thing as software development, but maybe the same part of your brain. I know that if I don't do crossword puzzles for a long time, I get way worse at them. And if I do crossword puzzles, like it's like it's like getting in training. It's like sort of an intellectual training of your brain, and it can atrophy just as much as a bicep, I kind of feel.
1: Yeah, and I've been atrophying both ways, so, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, I was just giving you guff. I was trying to bait you, and you didn't rise to it. But it can't be easy to be a stay-at-home dad, right? Like, that you've got your hands full children will like if you leave them alone they'll go drink bleach or something like you have to watch them and you have to keep them entertained like it, playing with kids is probably sometimes really boring because kids like kids kid play can be dull right
1: yeah yeah there's definitely boring times i mean i didn't mind it so much when i felt like i was like doing something like um i, I mentioned like I, I was the one to kind of teach them his colors and he had different shapes, and you know I'd start to work on you know which is the purple circle and when he would start to get it, you know it just it felt really good that you know I taught him something and and you know he now could you know pick the purple circle or the you know orange square you know and you know it felt good to teach him something, and you know I'd do the alphabet with him, and you know when he started to know the letters and could point them out, you know that was kind of rewarding, even though it wasn't that exciting. Rob, it, but. He he was leveling up. <laughs> uh
0: so you uh y- your son now is is in school. Uh so you when he goes to school, you, you get time to to not have to like prevent a child from drinking bleach uh, and just just hang out and still be a stay at home dad. Uh what kind of schedule do you get to keep?
1: Well, starting in the middle of the last school year, I, I didn't have a job of any kind from, you know, when he was six months old until last year. You know, so for I went eight years or so without working any kind of job, and I have to say I, I did not miss it. <laughs> but um, it, it it does suck not having the money that we used to because. As I said, my wife was a research chemist and I was a software developer. So, yeah, we made a good living. I mean, we weren't rich or anything, but you know, if I wanted a game, you know, not a second thought, I'd go buy a game. Um, You know, now I'm like, I need to wait till it's on sale.
0: But uh, it's called being being a responsible adult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't do as well as I should about that. I've bought way too many games. but, uh, you know, never to the point where I'm, like, getting in trouble financially. But I say, well, if we had that $500, you know, that's, you know, we could spend that on vacation or something or, you well, know. The thing is, you uh, know,
0: it's, it's your hobby. And as I've, I've said before, people put money into their hobbies. And, it, you know, if it's not going to be video games, it's going to be, you know, fishing or, uh, I don't know, what are other hobbies? Uh, model... I play tennis.
1: <laughs> you
0: play tennis?
1: Yeah, I started playing in just like a... I don't know, like a city league, right. you know, it's, I mean, it's competitive, but I mean, there's players of all levels, you know, you have people who, you know, they're lucky, you know, if they volley the ball back and forth 10 times, but, uh.
0: Like, do you play to you win? Know, like, you're playing with someone, it's like, who's going to get the most points first? You're actually playing competitive tennis?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I play to win. I mean, I have trouble playing anything like <laughs> without playing to win, but, uh, you know, I play to win and, um, uh, I'm kind of just above like the middle of the pack as far as like skill goes, but you know, they try to match people up by skill level. So you're playing people who are in your, in your ballpark. But, uh, you know, I am so ultra competitive, like anything that I do, you know, I'll, I'll play to win no matter what, like (laughs) I'll go to the ground and roll and dive. You know, if I think I could dig a ball before it bounces twice. Sure. Cause that's um, like
0: committing, right. You're committing to the tennis, right. Uh, now, uh, so here's something – you probably know this. Tennis is really difficult because if you hit the ball too hard, it goes out of the lines and you lose. Like, it's super satisfying to smack the ball with the uh, the uh, net – or the a racket – with the racket because of the noise it makes. But if you hit it too hard, it's just going to fly too far. Like, tennis, it's really picky rules. You You have to hit it hard – but not too hard. I just find that infuriating. I just want to wail away. Like, why can't it be like baseball? Just hit it as hard as you can. Go. That's what I – if I was designing tennis as a as a game, I would do that. I just feel like it's <laughs> depriving me of the ability to just smack that ball super hard and enjoy that little fuck sound. Uh, so I'm not into tennis, Rob. Uh, if you and I play, whenever you send it over to my side of the net, I'm just going to wail away at it. So you'll probably win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds like it
0: <laughs> when you play tennis do you wear those little uh elastic sweatband things
1: oh i just actually started because i like i sweat a lot when i'm playing and uh it would always get in my eyes i'd constantly be like taking my sunglasses off and trying to keep my eyes dry so yeah i did start wearing uh Uh, a headband but it's not one of those cotton stretchy things that they wore in like the 70s like a richard simmons kind of thing yeah (laughs) it's uh i forgot what it's made out of but it's like a thin thing and it's got a neoprene like little ledge that goes above your eyes (laughs) so when it stops absorbing stuff it kind of just redirects your sweat so uh it runs to the side
0: (laughs) uh and have you ever played Virtua tennis i have (laughs) i bet i could take you at Virtua tennis rob
1: you probably could. I have played it a little bit and only played against the computer, and uh, oh, yeah, tennis isn't really fun to play against the computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would,
0: you would be going down. Uh, I would definitely – because I even know Virtua Tennis well enough. It's like a rhythm thing. Like I can put English on the ball like you wouldn't believe. Uh, so if we ever hang out, it is on uh, Virtua Tennis. We'll just have a friendly game. We'll put, say, 100 bucks on it uh, and just see who wins.
1: I'll do that if you play me in real tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Two comment.
0: Okay, now I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how does uh, tell your your wife was a drug researcher? So she was. I was. I kind of made fun of you earlier and said, "Oh, so she's big pharma." Uh, but you said she was uh, doing research into cancer. How did she get into that?
1: Um, I think when she, when she she was that wasn't her plan. Okay. Once she started uh, going to college and. She actually started doing some undergraduate research uh, while she was there, and uh, she just got into it, and she thought, you know, how could I have a big impact, like, to help people? Mm -hmm. And um, she thought if she was able to come up with an effective drug for cancer, you know, that would be a cool thing to do.
0: Uh, And now that she's transitioned to to teaching chemistry, what kind of – is she – like, what level of kids is she teaching chemistry to?
1: Um, She's a professor at college, so she's teaching – um from freshmen to i guess seniors
0: like people some of whom might actually want to learn about chemistry it's not like in high school she's having to deal with a bunch of reluctant kids who have no desire to learn the periodic table of the elements like she's into like these these are willing students
1: yeah yeah i mean not not all not all of them like it some of them are taking it because they have to but uh and it's not an easy subject so uh she I think she gets to be the bad guy sometimes, and like it might be the only course they fail, <laughs> but some people do fail <laughs> uh
0: when she gets when you see her later, try that uh carbon quadoxide joke on her uh and if it works, <laughs> tell her my friend Tom said that joke if it just falls flat and it's dumb, don't credit me okay okay <laughs> uh so as far as being competitive too uh all right, so I'll grant you. Uh, Rob, carbon quad oxide. You would beat me at real tennis. I would beat you at virtua tennis. Who would win between you and me in a game of Starcraft Two?
1: I would have to say you.
0: <laughs> you said you've, I mean, you, you. Go ahead, sorry.
1: I mean, I mean, you. I mean you play games like that still sometimes, don't you? I know you said you you don't play RTSs like you used to, right. but uh, I. I if I'm remembering right, I've heard you like on podcasts or you know on the forum mentioning like playing stuff like that. Sometimes is that true?
0: It's kind of you know you mentioned uh, software development and uh, you, uh, it's kind of like a muscle, like getting it, it, part of it actually li- literally is physical muscle memory in terms of like hotkey management and the mouse use and stuff. Uh, but there is a kind of a cerebral muscle memory going on and. When there aren't a lot of, like there used to be RTSs coming out fast and furious all the time, and I would keep up with them and constantly play them. But nowadays, the conventional RTSs, there there just aren't a lot of them. Um, so actually, the game we're going to talk about today, I am intrigued that you wanted to pick it because you, so yes, I do keep up with RTSs. You said you kind of fell off the wagon. Uh, you used to sort of play some of them. Uh, uh, but the the game that we're going to talk about today, I kind of feel is more or less the same skill set it takes to play an RTS, right?
1: Yeah, um but I think it keeps things instead of having to manage your 15 settlers, the thing I like about infested planet is cuz you really are dealing with like a smaller number of of units. Um you don't have builders, you don't you're not harvesting wood, you're not farming food. You start off with your five or six soldiers And you're moving around the map, and you could generally stay focused on one area, um, which actually gets me into trouble sometimes when I realize that three of my other buildings fell. But Mm -hmm. in general – There's
0: like no mini-map. Like there's no – I mean they'll do little icons, but uh, if you play RTSs, you're used to having – like keeping an eye on the little mini-map, and they don't really have that in Infested Planet.
1: No, I mean those icons do a pretty good job, but sometimes I, I I see them when they first pop up, and it's not too late when they first show up. You know they're yellow, and you know your buildings are taking damage. You know, but I, I sometimes press the my my luck a little too far and focus on my one area a little too much, and then look, and then like three of my things have fallen, and I have to try to s- stabilize the area I'm in now, and run back over there and and and, and reclaim it, but that makes for some really tense moments, but they're not unmanageable. Right. They're not unmanageable.
0: So I've, I've said before, and I completely mean this. Do, do you ever play like League of Legends or any MOBAs like that?
1: I don't. Cause I mean, I, I really don't do any multiplayer. I mean, I'm kind of tempted to do some multiplayer just with people on the forum, right. like, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, mean, I never just play random. I'm people. actually
0: with you. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of, that's part of what, part of why I, really i'm not into mobas is you you have to have like four other i mean generally so i guess some of them are 3v3 but you're you're basically dependent on four other people and they're dependent like i don't it's almost always an only multiplayer mobas are but and i mean this sincerely mobas are for people who can't handle an economy in their real-time strategy game you know real-time strategy games there's this idea of the micro and the macro the macro being the peon management uh the the resource management uh dealing with an economy uh whereas the micro is the little moment-to-moment tactical stuff that you do in infested planet but mobas are for people who aren't good enough at real-time strategy games to handle mic uh, macro so and micro at the same time actually because that's a lot of the the multitasking there uh infested planet is kind of the same way is it it removes that Macro that economic equation doesn't it and it just goes straight to Here is the cool part of an RTS when you're fighting a battle uh, But you kind of have an advantage uh, Go like enjoy the spectacle of you just killing bunches of stuff with super powerful dudes Uh, It's kind of just like it's kind of like a highlight reel (laughs) of a (laughs) real-time strategy game in a way
1: yeah Uh I mean, that makes sense, and um, but it still at least has like some minimal amount of resource management. I mean, it's just ammo you know ticking up, you know, so you're not harvesting, you don't have to worry about it, but you do have to manage it, like you know when is it a good time to call in the helicopter strike to launch rockets, or yeah, uh, you know, so you do get to make those choices, but you just don't have to worry about getting the goods
0: <laughs> and the same thing with building like the infested planet has a huge branching of different viable uh, strategies and trees uh, and, and upgrades for your dudes, for the buildings you make. Like you said, the the use of your ammo, which I kind of think of as mana. Like I'm mentally in my head, any bar that you spend and then gradually replenishes, that's just mana. <laughs> that's how I think of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's sci-fi, so they can't call it mana. It is ammo. Uh, but Infested Planet is so good, isn't it, at, at giving you lots of choices and making them all kind of viable. It's that same feeling when you first sit down to play an RTS match. It's like, okay, what is my opening build going to be? What are my initial choices going to be? Uh, and Infested Planet is great at, at that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, yeah, you can play different ways. I tend to be someone who likes to use a lot of stationary defenses, you know, To hold areas so I don't have to pay as much attention. I was just going
0: to say, I was going to (laughs) make fun of you for doing the one that that is not easy mode, but the easiest to manage is just put a turret down and let it handle everything. Right. (laughs) Rather than uh, me having to like drag a a medic pod around or something like that, a turret just does its own thing. Yeah. That's lazy mode, Rob. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah but and i'm all I'm all in, but that did get me into trouble i I hadn't finished the story mode until uh we said we were gonna talk about it um mm-hmm. i I had gotten all the way through, but I didn't do the last two missions, so I finished those up uh i think earlier today and um i have to say like it wasn't that hard a game. I only played on normal, so you know I wasn't like I cranked up the difficulty. I don't remember failing at any of the missions, but I failed on the last one like three times and uh it was because i was using i instead of just using the turrets i went all in with the uh i think they're called the flat cannon or whatever yep yep and i would eventually get overrun i mean that final mission is just so packed with creeps that i would get overrun i'd realize that they actually took my flat cannon and i'd have to go fight and get them back and that just sucked (laughs) it's like because my own my own flat cannons are killing me and, you know, it, it took a while to kind of figure out how aggressive it would be you know, how, and, and what to do. And I couldn't use the flat cannons as much because they were such a pain to get back, you know, if I would lose them.
0: Yeah, the whole point of them is because they're low maintenance and if you're having to maintain them, <laughs> that's <violent>. – yeah. <laughs> so what do they do in the final mission? Is it just throwing crazy amounts of stuff at you? Uh, what makes the final missions difficult? In Because in, I've actually never finished the story mode.
1: Yeah, the thing that made it tough was, you know, it wasn't just the regular creeps. It was like, I don't even know what they call them, they're, but they're like little soldier guys.
0: And oh, they like the, come, the pink infested, the, the equivalent of your soldiers?
1: They, they weren't pink. I mean, I saw those too, but these were, I think, green. And they would hang out around this building, and then every once in a while, they would just attack my stuff. And... You know, they they would take over my 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 buildings, and they were just a major pain in the ass. <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, one of the things too that I really respect and like about Infested Planet is it's not a game where you can just sit there and save up resources to build a bigger army and then push out, like in a typical real time strategy game that has that kind of horde mode or whatever you just sit there and you build up enough gold and you build a big army and if it's not big enough you just wait a little bit longer to get more resources and you make your army bigger uh infested planet has a fixed resource model other than like the ammo which hits a cap but you only ever get to build stuff based on how much territory you've taken Like, your build points are set at the beginning, and they're not going to keep accumulating. You're never – if you're just holding out steady, like, if you're just setting up a perimeter and keeping the aliens out, you're not getting any more points. Until you go out there and grab another capture point, uh, you're not going to be able to spend more. Uh, Right. And and that that kind of gives it – I usually use this word to denigrate something. I don't mean that in this case, but that kind of gives it a puzzle aspect is what kind of build am I going to make? where I can push out from a perimeter. Like, first you have to maintain the perimeter, make sure everything's safe, but then you have to be able to push out to get more build points, to make more stuff. Um,
1: uh, And and there are some places where if you sit back too much, you'll just get overrun. I mean, you just won't be strong enough. I mean, I think it seems like some of the areas would kind of be dormant until you actually – would get close to them, so you know I don't think the whole board would like go active. But then they have those mutations too that seem to be, you know, activated over time, so they get stronger. You know, if you take too long, it seems.
0: That's one of the things you mentioned, Creeper World, before, which is a series that you and I have both played. That has a similar conceit. Um, it's single player only, and you hold a perimeter and then you push out, and it's spawning like a horde of not aliens but creep. In, in the case of Creeper World. Um, but it, that that has a a similar conceit, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely. Other, than, you know, in Creeper World, you get know, to see it kind of filling up the, you know, the you know pseudo three dimensional terrain before it spills over into the next area. Um, but I, I think if I I, think I enjoy playing Infested Planet more, and I'm not sure why. I think I think the powers in the buildings are a little more. Like straightforward to use. There are some things in Creeper World I'd be like, I don't even know what that I'm supposed to use this for.
0: Well, Creeper World is so abstract in a way. Like I know he puts little stories in them. The guy's named Virgil Wall. It's basically a one-man operation. He just made one that instead of being like tower defense, you have spaceships. So I think it's giving it more uh It's making it less abstract, like everybody knows what a spaceship is uh infested planet, everybody knows what a space marine is we 've all seen aliens, everybody knows what an alien bug is uh it's just so immediately accessible uh like you're you're basically watching action movie stuff like right off the bat it's super easy to get into um uh, the other thing I else... it... go ahead sorry
1: oh see and and everything just made sense like I mean the buildings make sense, and your powers make sense it's like yeah, okay, I'm getting this thing that lets me blow up mobs of aliens. I mean, no right. guesswork. <laughs> right,
0: exactly, yeah. Now, I, I don't know if you know this. This was kind of a revelation for me, and this is one of the things that that uh, I think is really important in terms of appreciating uh, uh, what Alex is. To, Alex uh, Vostrov is the developer of Creeper World. Uh, appreci- and I'm sorry, of uh, Infested Planet. Uh, key to appreciating what he has done with Infested Planet is that you can cash in the points that you have spent and there's no penalty. Like you normally think with an RTS, oh no, I built a barracks, I didn't mean to. Well, okay, I'm going to destroy it, but I only get half the resources back. Uh, when you like bust down a shotgunner back to a rifleman, or when you deconstruct a turret, you get all your points back. Like Infested Planet wants to let you on the fly revise your strategy. And I love that about it. I love that it's not basically saying, oh, you did the wrong thing. I'm going to punish you by not letting you have as many resources. Uh, I love how flexible that is that you can on the fly think, "Eh, this isn't working. Let me try something else.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, at first, you know, I kind of saw it as like making it kind of a little too forgiving, but I I appreciate that. It lets you just try to, you know, try something. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, change your plan. And, And that's kind of what I like, too. I mean, I don't, I'm not someone who will be like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this. I like to decide, I think this is my best course of action. I'm going to do it and, you know, kind of read what's going, you know, am I gaining ground? Am I losing ground? You know, do I need to adjust and just being able to adjust like that.
0: Uh, In a way games like creeper world and infested planet are similar to tower defense games in that it's single player and you are holding back attackers. And this is what tower defense is about. So many tower defense games. I feel just don't, like, they they want to punish you and make you waste your time. Like, if you are doing the wrong thing, if you are building arrow towers when the creatures that are attacking you are only vulnerable to magic towers or whatever, uh, you've screwed up. Like, you need to know that from the get-go. You have to go back to the beginning and replay the level. And that's fair enough because they're more puzzle-like in that regard. But Infested Planet is just like, yeah, if you screwed up, I'm gonna give you another chance. Like, keep trying, uh, see how it goes. Like, I've kind of I was going to say I've never really had to restart a mission Infested Planet. And and you mentioned you've never really lost one. And I think that's part of it, too, is doing the wrong thing doesn't mean losing in the sense of restarting. It just means trying a different approach in that same match that you're playing.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And I love those mutations that you mentioned, too, because that, in a way, pushes back... So you, as a player, you are upgrading your Marines. You are making new buildings. You are unlocking abilities. Your approach is getting stronger, and it is changing with any given game. What creep, uh, geez, I keep calling Creeper World. What Infested Planet does is they get the same thing with those mutations popping in. I love that detail. Just the fact that it's not, in Creeper World, it's always the same kind of stuff for the most part. It's just arrayed against you. Uh, in Infested Planet, you know, they're, they're going to change the same way that your forces are changing. They're going to modify. They're going to get difficult. They're going to push harder uh, over time. Uh, I really like that mutation system.
1: Yeah, anything that forces you have to like think on your feet and adapt. Right. You know, I like that.
0: Now, uh, so part of the reason we're talking about Infested Planet is it just recently got DLC called, uh, it's kind of a generic name, called Planetary Campaign uh rob have you seen the planetary campaign dlc
1: i did uh i picked it up uh just a couple days ago and i i did get a chance to play through uh a campaign and uh you know i mean it's pretty simple but every choice that you have to make like on the campaign level map i mean it it mattered like you couldn't just kind of willy-nilly do stuff i mean you had to manage your morale and when do you put down uh you know some defenses that that cost your army's morale. Um, you know it, it added just another layer of like another resource to manage on top of that. And then uh, I forget what they call it—the tactical points, whatever—and you have these abilities. So in the beginning, I mean, I was steamrolling along. I was just accumulating all these tactical points where you could do things like, I guess, restore morale and uh, mm-hmm. use like super rockets to. You know, attack buildings. Call in the special you
0: know, ops guys with a free flamethrower and medic. I like that one as well. Yep.
1: So, I mean, it's cool that it just added like this another layer. It wasn't complicated, but you know, it your choices really did matter uh, what you do. You know, and so I think that was a good addition.
0: Uh, I I uh, love about that too. <clears throat> you know, the, it it takes the decision making and the good puzzle aspect of a particular match and it just lays a whole other level on top of it and it gives it uses that level and I love this when RTSs do that it gives context to each of the individual battles Uh, like it's great to sit down in infested planet and play the campaign so you unlock the next mission so you unlock the next mission but your performance in any given mission I guess it makes you money Uh, but the performance in any given mission is basically just about unlocking your way to that final mission that you were talking about um with that that campaign mode, it just you know that I love dynamic campaigns in RTSs, and that's what that is. Like I think it's easily on par with some of the kind of stuff that you get in Rise of Nations, for instance, which had a great dynamic campaign mode. Um, uh, and and yeah, how that affects the tactical battles. Uh, what difficulty did you try it on?
1: I played yeah. on normal, and, and I found the campaign at normal pretty easy. Yeah, like, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I – yeah, I didn't lose a single battle. There was one. But I think it was like one of the the counterattacks when the like the attack aliens come after you. Mm-hmm. I think I had to strength the six or something. And I, I, I had to use like my entire stockpile of of the tactical points. Right. My guys were weak. I mean they attacked them. I only had like two morale to begin with. You know, I had to replenish my morale. I was getting overwhelmed, and I just had to start – I just using like tactical points like crazy and i ended up winning but I, I was down to like two tactical points after that
0: i think you and i are ready for a hard difficulty mode on invested planets campaign
1: yeah if i play again i'm definitely gonna knock it up like another one and i did start playing the story mode a little bit on uh hard mm-hmm. just uh to see what it was like to see if it was any more difficult and i'd have to say at least the beginning story mode missions aren't very hard on hard either but i imagine by the time you get to the end it's going to be pretty difficult
0: do you know is there a steam achievement for playing on hard
1: you know i don't know i i saw achievement pop up when i won on normal and i think it did say like you won on normal so i'm I'm guessing there probably is one for hard i don't think it just said like you won right
0: all i can say is there better be because as someone who uh difficulty mode if if i just need some kind of reward for playing on hard, otherwise I'm not going to do it. And if even the reward is just as minor as a Steam achievement, that that's okay with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, go ahead.
1: I was going to say I think I should really get into Steam achievements more. You know, I sometimes look to see which ones I got and see like what percentage of people like got that achievement, yep. but I never really set out to get achievements. Like, you know, I just see what see what I got and and move on to the next game. But instead of like playing so many games, I I think I should really pick. A smaller number of them and play them more and they'll do things like look at the achievements and see like, you know, how, how it shakes things up. You know, they might force you to play a way that you normally don't play. And can you win that way?
0: Okay. Rob, as your friend, I'm going to advise you, and this is very important, Rob, what you're considering, do not do it. Do not <laughs> go down that achievement rabbit hole. It is, uh, it's desolate down there. It is sad It is lonely. It is a time sink. Uh, It is uh, futile. Uh, You know, it's just like I would tell someone who's thinking, you know, I've heard that heroin is fun. I'm thinking maybe of trying it. (laughs) And I would say to them, nope, don't try heroin. It's not good for you. Rob, don't. If I could turn off achievements in games, I would. I would totally. If there was a button that was like, hey... Are you too compulsive about achievements? Do you really want to opt out? If so, press this button. I would press that button on my Steam account, and they would all be gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, that said, I do want to uh, mention you you and I, I imagine, are the same way in that we kind of value the breadth of games that we play over the depth that we play any particular game. Uh, like a lot of people will buy one game, and that's all they'll play for like weeks at a time. Uh, I'm guessing you and I are the same in that I'm more inclined to just sort of skim across the surface of multiple games than do that thing of just digging into one. Uh, what is what is that about us?
1: I don't know because when I was younger, you know, before you know Steam, you know, I would I would I'd get one game and I'd play the heck out of it for you know weeks or months. You know, I probably played Civilization Four like ex- almost exclusively you know for like a year Mm -hmm. you know i just i just play it over and over and you know maybe i'd get some type of game say like a a doom something you know and kind of sandwich it in there for you know a couple weeks like a palate uh,
0: cleanser between games kind of yeah
1: yeah yeah, every once in a while you need something different and shooters or something especially like story driven shooters or whatever uh, or something that you play you finish and you know i usually don't have a a desire to go back and play again but um you know I, i if Steam tracked time, if I had Steam for Civ 4, you know, I probably would have had 2,000 hours on yeah.
0: it. Yeah, oh yeah, talk about rabbit holes, that's a number you don't want to look at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steam does have tracked time, though. I mean, the only issue for me is that I played uh, so much Civ four off of the disk version, like the install. Like, I was playing Civ four before it was on Steam, uh, yeah. so most of my hours would not be logged on Steam. Uh,
1: yeah that 's how I am like I have it on Steam now, but I think i 've only played a couple games on Steam. yeah, right. all my hours are you know when it first came out, you know pre steam I just played it and played it and played right.
0: it now uh to to be unfacetious for a moment though, I really do like your idea, and that 's one of the things I like about achievements is they encourage you uh hey. Try to experience the game this way or maybe that way, or try using these tools that you might have opted out of because you found a different strategy. Like I like how achievements, especially well done achievements, encourage exploration of a game and its systems. Uh I really like the pull that they provide uh with with a with a good list of achievements for a given game. Um so you yeah. Know,
1: I- I do encourage that,
0: you to, yeah, go ahead and do that achievement sorry, thing.
1: Yep. Sorry, uh, yeah, I was going say, to say, yeah, I think that's where their value could come from. Yeah, Not, oh, I collected all these little things, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, to make you play a different way and, and to make it work.
0: Now, do you, do you also play console games? Like, do you have a PS4 or, or an Xbox 360, or Xbox, I guess they're Xbox Ones now. Do you have a PlayStation or an Xbox? You
1: know, I've had, like, various consoles over the years, and, like, starting with a the Atari 26 well, actually pong but I start you know the real one Atari 2600 and I've had I think the Sega Genesis um, I had Xbox and Xbox 360 and I've got a PlayStation 3 now um, I, I don't use them that much you know I'll go through a period where you know maybe I'll use it a lot for a couple weeks but then I don't touch it for months and months and months.
0: So yeah, I was probably, you probably haven't. And I was going to ask if you've ever like 100%ed the achievements on an Xbox game or got the platinum trophy on a PlayStation game.
1: You know, I, I wouldn't even know. Definitely not on a PlayStation game because right. I haven't used it. Joe, uh,
0: I think the government is filtering what you just said. Uh, according to they got a fisa uh warrant and they they just bleeped out what you said so i didn't catch that but i'm uh <coughs> uh i so I, i'm guessing yes the the platinum achievements uh that's yeah don't i don't have any of those and i'm kind of disappointed at myself uh one of these days and and rob this is for you one of these days i'm going to get a platinum achievement and i think the game i'm going to use to get my platinum achievement and that's where you do all the trophies in a game the game I'm going to do it with, Rob Diablo 3.
1: Oh, no. Yep. And Talk whole, about rabbit holes. <laughs>
0: that's right. And the whole time I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be thinking, haha, Rob, uh, carbon quadoxide is missing out. That's what I'm going to be thinking the whole time as I waste hours upon hours upon hours doing the same thing over and over and over.
1: Oh, that was the one thing. The only thing that I think could have competed with that was if you had picked one of the Assassin's Creed games and said you're going to collect everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a hundred feathers in there, Rob. I want you to find every single feather to get that trophy. Yeah, they're floating around. Go out and collect feathers in Assassin's Creed. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I would have to send help.
0: <laughs> so finally, one thing you mentioned that I have no idea what you were talking about. What on earth is Super Mega Baseball? That's the name of a game. There's a base. There's a sports game where they thought it was a good idea to call it Super Mega, and then put the name of the sport. What is that?
1: Yeah. Um. I, 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 the best comparison to say it's like a simplified MLB The Show with fake players and no like. Roster management, really. You yeah, know, you're I, not making none trades. The, none of these words <laughs> I understand.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is it Japanese? Is it like crazy anime effects when you hit a home run and, and the screen lights up red and the ball has a little comet trail and there's a big wide-eyed child graphic? Uh, is it is it is it one of those? Like Super Mega makes me think it's that kind of game.
1: Where the picture looks at that or with like teenage angst. No. Yeah. Um it does have the other things you mentioned, but uh and the players have oversized heads, but uh Ew. so
0: it's a it's bobble head- not. it's a headed baseball game?
1: Kind of, kind of. And and I think that turned off some people like your reaction. And um the next one uh that uh Nick Posted about on on the forum was uh they're giving the players more real lifelike looks in their their follow up. So I think they decided players didn't like that big headed look.
0: <laughs> Although like, if you're in for a game that's called Super Mega Something, I I don't know what you expect. I mean,
1: that's... you gotta have big heads.
0: Super Mega. Okay, and I guess so. The thing is, they can't use like the names of real teams, like the. Boston Reds or whatever. They have to make up fake teams and fake players, right?
1: Yeah, I i was the sirloins.
0: Oh, that's awesome. The sirloins. I like <laughs> and that. And we
1: were power hitters, too, so it kind of made sense. They eat beef and then they go hit the crap out of the ball.
0: Okay, very good. Sure. Have you seen a movie called Everybody Wants Some?
1: I haven't. I only see, like, five movies a year and it's never in the theater. But, uh,
0: I'm guessing yeah, right, I, I, you, you see things like Finding Dory or I don't know, or whatever, yeah. like – like uh, the the Goosebumps movie or something with with your son. Uh, so no, it's a it's a movie that is about baseball, but it's not about baseball. It's one of the few. It's kind of a sports movie. Few sports movies that I could actually stomach because I yeah I don't get sports, um, but it's about a baseball team and I loved it. Uh, so that's that's all I know about baseball is what I learned in uh, Everybody Wants Some. Um, so all that stuff you were saying about uh, rosters and st- I don't I don't know what any of that was. There's
1: just a lot of pitching and hitting you know
0: <laughs> is there a super mega soccer or super mega football or super super mega golf i would play is there anything like that
1: not that i know of right. I, I think this is their only sports game but i'm not sure
0: and it sounds like a game too that is on the playstation vita uh
1: i i think it came from the xbox i think it was like one of those xbox uh what i call it like the kind of the cheapies that come out right Um, like the
0: xbox indie programmy thing i know what you're talking about yeah yeah
1: yeah i think it was on that and then they ported it to pc
0: right uh what's your gamer score on on the xbox
1: i have no i sold my xbox so i don't even know Ah, Um, okay when i bought the ps3 i sold the xbox 360 and i figured why i have two consoles i'm not gonna play
0: (laughs) i don't know if you know this rob uh your xbox 360 games won't work on the ps3
1: I do know that, but I, I sold them too, so I was okay with it.
0: <laughs> uh, how did you sell it? Did you do like an eBay thing? Did you sell it locally?
1: I did Craigslist. I was going to do eBay. I'm like, oh, let's see if I can find someone locally first. So we kind of met in front of uh, the local grocery store. Yeah, that's what know, I wondered about.
0: Is I've never used Craigslist, but there's that whole thing where you kind of have to eye each other and make sure it's legit, right? Like, So that's the agreement is you meet in public for the handoff?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, was, you know, I see some guy kind of walking around. I'm like, hey. You, Steve. I've got an Xbox. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, you, Rob. I'm like, Yep. And he hands me a wad of cash. And, uh, you know, I let him look over the games and stuff, make sure they're not broken or scratched. And uh, then we just kind of both go our separate ways.
0: <laughs> it does sound, yeah, it sounds a little illicit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Rob, Infested Planet, uh, I think you and I are both very fond of. If you were reviewing Infested Planet, on a scale of one to five, one being I hate it, five being I love it, how many stars would Infested Planet get from you?
1: I think a four. Uh, you know, it's it's a really good game. Um, it's not like something that I consider in my wheelhouse, but uh, I, if so, if there's someone who typically goes like turn-based games and they wanna they want to try something real time just because it does add extra tension that you don't get in a, a turn based game. I'd say that's the one to go for, and the, you know it's fun. It's got a lot of good decisions to make. Uh, you know that'd be my my game of choice to recommend to a turn based player if they wanted to dip their toes into real time.
0: You were so close though; the answer was five stars. <laughs> I just am a sucker for uh, that whole – especially now that it has that campaign. I'm just a sucker for that whole strategic shell with a tactical level. Like XCOM, right? Like, Did did XCOM get its hooks into you? I think if you love XCOM, you've got to love Infested Planet with the new campaign mode, right?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I was one of those players who um, – I, I played through the story – like the campaign once on on XCOM, and I'm talking about the new XCOM, not the original one back in the '90s. Right. Um, you know, I played through it once, and then I had like no desire to play through it again. But I really liked my time with it that one time. And then I got Enemy Within, or enemy yeah Enemy Within was the second. Uh, like the expansion to it. I played through that once and then I didn't touch it again and then I got x 2 and I played that once and I didn't touch it again. On the forums, there's people saying, oh, I'm on my fifth playthrough of this. I'm like, holy (laughs) cow, how do you do it? It's like, it's the same stuff over and over.
0: (laughs) You know how you do it, Rob? I bet you they're chasing achievements. (laughs) It could be.
1: (laughs) I need Uh, to win with only using snipers.
0: (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I could imagine that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah, see, there you go. Man, that would be tough, though. Uh, uh, All right, so uh, we are both fans of Infested Planet. Um, Rob, thanks for hanging out with me and talking some Infested Planet. If it had scores, because being competitive, you and I, I think we're both competitive. We play to win. If it had scores, uh, I would be looking up your score right now to see how I did in comparison to you. If your score was higher than me, I would do nothing else tonight than play Infested Planet until I beat your score.
1: I am the same way. Yeah, I wish it had high scores. I don't know what it would measure it at, like how fast you could make your objective or something like that.
0: Oh wait, you know what? Doesn't it have like the the daily challenges or weekly challenges? I it,
1: think it does, does have
0: leaderboard stuff, Rob.
1: Yeah, it does for the skirmish games. And after I only played like the skirmish game or the 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 weekly challenge like once or maybe twice but i I looked at it today and uh on none of the difficulty levels did anybody on my friends list have a score so i'm like "Eh, i'm not gonna play it (laughs) (laughs) there's nobody to try to beat
0: (laughs) so i did the same thing when i got the planetary uh campaign dlc as i looked at the weekly challenge uh and i found one of them because there's like a bronze silver and gold challenge on the left side of the screen and on the right side of the screen there's like a a horde mode and a skirmish there's other kind of canned challenges and on the right side of the screen there was one that nobody had done yet because i think i had logged on right after they reset the the scoreboards so i played it real quick and uh and just got a a score and backed out and i was number one also only uh on the leaderboard uh and figured okay that's good i got to the top of a leaderboard i'm fine i'm done with that for now (laughs) now
1: you're saying number one on like Global or your friend list?
0: Global and my friend list because so – no one, one and, had done it. <laughs> right, no, number one and only. But still, Rob, that's the top of the leaderboards. You can't deny I had the best score in that mode at that time. Nobody – and I mean nobody in a planet full of – what? what are we, like three billion people, none of them had beaten my score at Infested Planet. It was a wonderful feeling.
1: It, yeah, it is a good feeling. I mean, I've never gotten <laughs> one globally. I don't think I've ever played anything where nobody else had played it.
0: But. Yep. All you got to do is make sure to log on at the right time when they reset the leaderboards. Just get in there. And don't even try to like do well. Just get in there. You know, Tank the game. You get a score on there. Rob, you will be the single best player of that mode in Infested Planet in not only all of the population, but think of – there's like 3 billion, 4 billion people right now. Think of all the people in history – that also didn't beat that score. The other billions of people, uh, you know, who throughout all these thousands of years of human civilization, not even those people beat that score. Rob, it's a very special thing.
1: And you—you you played Trials Evolution, haven't you?
0: Yes, boy. Talk about <laughs> talk about leaderboard stuff.
1: I—I uh, I went like two months ago, or maybe a month ago. I went through. And I'd be, I'd look at every single track. I'd be like, anybody on my friends list better than me? Okay, I'm going to play this. Yeah. And yeah. I went through like each and every track for, uh, I didn't cover all of them, but I probably covered sixty of them, eighty of them. I don't know. You know, beating like every single person's score. <laughs> and there was this one that I just had trouble. I must have played the same track for just four hours. I was just Playing it over and over and over until I beat it. I just I could not stop. It was like probably two o'clock in the morning. I just couldn't stop. Just
0: so you know, that is something. that is a glimpse into what's going to happen if you start chasing achievements. The same thing. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a great pinball game, uh, uh, Pinball FX. It's on all the platforms actually, but uh, I I play on the ps vita um, and a friend of mine who's not really into games he's super casual he has a ps3 every now and then he'll get an assassin's creed and he'll sort of dink away at it and sort of plunk away and play from time to time over the course of like three months uh, he uh, picked up like one of the pinball tables and i made a point of of crowing about how my score was higher than his and one day, he's like, eh, you should take another look at the scores, and he had barely beat my score, like barely, enough to where, like, if he'd blown my score out of the water, I would have been like, okay, fine, whatever, but I got into, like, a pissing match with him over the course of months, where I, he, he just kept beating my scores by just every single table that he would get, and we would be on the leaderboard, he would inch just above my score, and... I it it got infuriating because here's the deal, he's not a serious gamer. It's not fair that he's getting a higher score than me. He's just someone who plays you know two hours of Assassin's Creed every other week or something and he's beating my score at pinball. The indignity of that I couldn't let stand uh, and it finally just ground me down. He is now above me on every single pinball leaderboard. Uh, So if you're gonna chase someone's score it's better to do it quietly. Don't let when you beat their score. Don't let them know. Just let it sit there, because. Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing is he's not, like he. I play a bunch of different games. He doesn't play other games. So if he wants to spend all of his game time playing a pinball game to beat my score, that's unfair. He has more time than me. Uh, so that's like cheating, basically. Uh, so just keep yeah, that he, in mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I've done that on pinball FX also. <laughs> it's like, I think there was a time a couple of years ago where there was kind of pseudo tournaments on yep. on the forum yep you know, I, I was participating in that and yeah you know, that was another thing i went through i went through those tables now i couldn't beat everybody on my friend list on every table but uh i did like t- like have my top two rows you know it has like a grid of the tables on yep. your uh, you know I, I went through and i think i beat everybody on those tables and then i hit some that i just i couldn't beat people at and I think over the span of a couple of weeks, I looked and I, I no longer had the high score on a bunch of the tables. But yeah, I do that once in a while. I'm like, yeah, I just need to try to beat everybody.
0: So I, I have a bunch of folks on my, my friends list because uh, you and I are the same way. Like we know a lot of people that we have like online friends. And a lot of people, unlike you and I, they have like goofy names that don't sound like real people's names. And I lose track of who they are and who's this guy. And so there was somebody on my PlayStation friends list, who was routinely beating my score by by like doubling it at uh, at at Pinball FX, whereas me and my friend Charles were just going back and forth, and it was always at least close, but I was always like number three, whereas this one Joker would be like way way points above me, and then there was Charles' score and there was my score jockeying for second and third place. It just got so annoying seeing that person at at the top place. And I didn't know who they were. It was some random name who just is someone I know online, forgot what their goofy online name was. Uh, so, Rob, I unfriended that person.
1: <laughs> that's one way to get to the top. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a way to that's a way to be at the top of your friends list is just make sure you have no friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right.
1: Or just make sure they all suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Right. Uh, well, Rob, thank you very much for hanging out with me today. I'm, I'm really digging Infested Planet, so I, I'm appreciating the chance appreciated the chance to get to talk with you about it uh, you have in the past and I don't know if you're still doing it uh, you've written about games uh, what if folks want to read some of your reviews where could they find them
1: well I haven't written anything in a, a while but uh I have a website called one guy too many games, dot com and uh, i I was reviewing things pretty regularly for a while but uh I think the last thing I did was concrete jungle <laughs> kind what? of a weird isn't that it's a, Mar- Con-
0: That's a Marilyn Monroe movie? Isn't it?
1: <laughs> uh, it could be, but uh, this is like a card-based city builder themed. Wow, oh, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, it was a game, but I, I liked it, and I didn't think it probably got a lot of publicity. So I'm like, yeah oh, I'm going to write something about it. Now, granted, I don't, I don't get a ton of traffic. I can't. I don't write in an entertaining way, but hopefully, I could at least give people information that. You know helps them decide if they're gonna you know think it's for them or not but uh so uh, uh,
0: yeah. oneguytomanygames.com? one guy too many games.com? yeah sweet all right well I encourage people to check that out um, and you can find me listeners on Twitter at qt3 and the stuff I write at quarter Uh, we're here every week and uh, you can also find my patreon campaign at patreon.com slash tom chick uh, super thanks to Rob carbon Quadoc- quad oxide. Rob, you're going to have to let me know if your wife thinks that that's a dumb joke or a good joke.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll PM you after after uh, the podcast
0: good, <laughs> yeah. let her
1: let you know what she thought.
0: <laughs> let me know. Uh, and listeners, we'll see everyone here next week.